So this afternoon we'll continue our exploration of the Brahma Vihara of compassion. You know, the guy introduced it yesterday. I may end up saying some of the things he's already said, but probably can always bear repeating this introduction to this beautiful quality of the heart that is the responsiveness to suffering. This practice, this teaching, this understanding or development of compassion is so important because, as I said in my talks on the Four Noble Truths, that suffering, the First Noble Truth, the fact that there is suffering, there will be suffering, um, is opening to that truth of suffering is a doorway to compassion. As we get more sensitive, as we deepen in our practice, we can really feel that in a very visceral way, the sense of the the pain of the world and certainly our pain, our individual pain and sorrow. To be able to respond to that with suffering that doesn't deny or diminish, sorry, not with suffering, with compassion. We do respond sometimes with more suffering, you know that, but to respond with compassion that doesn't deny or diminish the difficulties but just says, yes, this is how it is, and allows it in. Compassion allows us to hold the suffering, not be lost or averse to it. Suffering is, getting the words mixed up, compassion is not a suffering state. There can certainly be challenges to feeling compassion, And of course, if we get overwhelmed, it will become a suffering state. But a true experience of compassion is this tender meeting, tender touching of our hearts to our or someone else's suffering. And in and of itself, it's not a suffering state. It's actually a beautiful quality of heart and mind, this tender quivering of the heart in response to suffering. So that's a good calibrator as you develop this practice to see, you know, if the heart is truly open and responsive and connected, is there suffering there? And if there is, there's some way in which we're holding on or resisting. Guy probably spoke yesterday about the near and far enemy of compassion, just like all Brahma Viharas. It has these qualities, the near enemy that masquerades and the far enemy that's its complete opposite. And traditionally, the near enemy being of uh, compassion, being pity or grief, um, and the far enemy, enemy being cruelty. I actually think that even though we may know that near enemy fairly well, most of us aren't cruel people. We may have the odd thought or two that uh, could do with some refinement, but you know it's generally not our um, tendency of mind. Um, and I think what more often we s- experience in this realm as a near enemy is the tendency to want to fix, to make the suffering go away so I don't have to feel this pain. And I know I feel it in myself, I see it in other people. Tell someone your problems and they immediately launch into what you can do to stop that happening, to to change that situation. When all you want to do is be heard, be felt, be met in that. And uh, it's it's actually a, 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 
there is some wholesomeness in the fixing mentality. We want to stop the suffering, and that is a very direct attribute of compassion, wanting to do what you can to alleviate suffering. So compassion doesn't have to be just this passive witnessing. It's why Kuan Yin is in that beautiful pose of royal ease, because she's ready to just leap up and help. Um, So there is that, but the fixing, if you really look at what's happening in that is, I don't want it to be like this. How can I get away from this? How can I support this other person in not having that, so, so I don't have to feel it. So the fixing. And then the far enemy is, is more just numbing down, just not wanting to feel because it seems too overwhelming. We can't hold it. We can't open to this. And the beauty and the power of this practice is moving us again and again into that place of opening to suffering from hopefully what feels like a relatively safe place here at Spirit Rock. I know there are all kinds of inner dangers as we do our meditation practice, but relatively safe. And to just touch that for as long as it feels helpful. And then if it feels too much, willing to move away to something easier, to something more nourishing, reassuring. And so we just test, keep testing the boundaries of the heart in this graduated way as we do in this practice. And what we can come to see is we can actually open to far more than we ever thought possible. I don't know how many times you've looked at someone else's situation, whether it's someone you know or someone you read about, and you just think or say, I could never do that. I don't know how they're coping with that. I couldn't cope with that. Well, believe me, from what I understand, that person also thought they couldn't cope with it. You know, who goes into life thinking, oh, bring it on, you know, what's the worst that can happen? We don't. You know, all of these, James spoke last night about the woman who'd lost her daughter to suicide, and I'm sure many of you have similar, really challenging things in your life. Before you have the experience, you don't think you can hold it. Yet somehow we do. And this practice can really show us that capacity of the heart opening and moving towards the difficulties in life. So there's a lot of wisdom in this practice. As I said, it's very aligned to the First Noble Truth that says there is suffering. And this practice, this this Brahma-vihara, says, yes, I can hold that. I can open to that. And so as we deepen in compassion, we deepen in our understanding of suffering. As we deepen in that understanding, we're naturally moved through the understanding of the cause of suffering and then the ending of suffering. So compassion is interwoven into the wisdom teaching of the Four Noble Truths and the possibility of freedom. In this practice, just as in the other Brahma-viharas, there's a traditional sequence, and I'm sure Guy did yes, uh, yesterday. Uh, you start with a suffering person. Usually we recommend not someone for whom you would find that overwhelming to open to them, but often the mind can't resist going there, so then that's your practice to to work with that. But choosing someone who 
you know is in a difficult place, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, the life situation, whatever it is, and just holding them in your heart and noticing that movement that happens, the movement towards of wanting to fix, the movement away of a turning away of not being able to open to. And when we can just rest in that place of connection, you know, compassion means to feel with. So we're just holding this person in our heart, being tender with them. Stephen Levine says something like, if your fear touches someone else's suffering, it turns to pity. If your love touches someone else's suffering, it turns to compassion. So it's really this, very heartfelt meeting of the person. And so we start with a suffering person, then we do uh, compassion for ourselves, just really acknowledging, as I've said in my talks, this is really difficult. This is hard, whatever it is, something in the moment, some memory, some challenge in your life, just holding that. And then we go through the rest of the categories. So today, traditionally, it would be to do compassion for your benefactor, and then for a friend, and then we'll do neutral difficult on another day. So I want to mention that that's the traditional way, Um, but to say basically now you know how the patterning of the Brahma Viharas works, for you to find the way that makes the most sense for you. You might want to stay with that suffering person. You might want to stay with metta for yourself. We'll do um, compassion. We'll do all beings on on the uh, in, an, in a day or so. It, so at this point, rather than going to all beings, because that can be so vast, I would recommend staying in, in this area of one of these categories, but really trusting yourself. But there's a real wisdom in this progression. Doing compassion for the benefactor, depending on who you've chosen, sometimes you can feel, well, who am I to... You know, wish that they be free of their suffering. Often it's someone who's a teacher or a guide or a mentor or who feels very stable in their life. But it's part of the reflection, the exploration of these practices is just holding that in your heart and exploring it with this uh, lens of the compassion in this case. Every life has suffering. And if it's not immediately available or visible, Old age, sickness, and death, is this person still alive? It's coming. So just that tenderness around the nature of a human life, animal life, if your benefactor is an animal. So it's just helpful to have these reflections. Again, not to get caught in story about this person, but just the immediacy of this kind of reflection. And the same for your friend. Maybe they're really doing well at the moment. Um, They're happy. It's interesting to use the same person you used in the categories during the metta practice because you've developed a relationship with them and this will reveal another aspect of that relationship. But again, I'll, I'll offer those as suggestions and, and you know, drop them in in the practice. Really go where your heart is drawn. Metta for self, the suffering person, or any of these other categories is all for the good. Traditionally in compassion, there's just one phrase, may you be free of suffering. I'm sure Guy offered some other phrases. I've just got a few um, sample ones that I'll put up on the board at the end of the session, but things like, may you open to this suffering with compassion or hold this suffering with compassion. 
may your suffering be eased. Oh, may you, may, may you um, accept this suffering with kindness. There's variations on that simple um, phrase, this gesture of compassion. So let's begin the practice formally. Again, the encouragement is to sit comfortably, so if you need to adjust your posture to allow you to sit with some comfort during the next half hour or so. And connecting with the felt sense of the body. Again, like all of the Brahma-viharas, we don't want this to just be a mental exercise of saying some words, but actually dropping into the body, using the breath if that's helpful, breathing the kind of breath that allows the chest and belly to soften or expand or open. holding this relationship or attitude to the body of relaxing, softening, opening as an act of compassion, an act of kindness, really recognizing that. May this body's suffering be eased. May I support this body with kind attention. Resting your attention in the center of the chest, if that works for you. And starting the practice with the person you chose yesterday is your suffering person. The person who's having some difficulties in life, someone you care about. Really connecting with their situation, their struggles. But this is where we really begin to practice with wise use of thought. We need to think about this person to bring them alive, but not get lost in stories. So how much do you need to reflect on this person to have their situation really come into your heart? Often it's not very much. Perhaps it's just a name or an image, and it's all right there. The situation, the difficulty, and your response of compassion. So saying the phrases of compassion for this person, may your suffering be eased, or I care about your suffering. May you open to your difficulty with compassion. And noticing this movement that can happen of intimacy, where you're feeling with this person, and then the times when the heart closes down a little, it gets tired or exhausted, has a sense of limitation, 
when it moves forward into wanting to fix, make this go away so I don't, we don't have to feel it. Gently, slowly saying the phrases, perhaps timing them with the breath if that's helpful to you, silent on the in-breath. And this soft warmth of compassion on the out-breath.
Now for the remainder of the sitting, you can kind of see where you're called to bring this tenderness of compassion. You could stay with the suffering person, spend some time with compassion for yourself, or bring in the benefactor and then the dear friend, spending some many minutes with each one, 10 minutes or so at least. Again, taking some time to connect with this person, saying their name, getting a visual sense if that works. Just letting them rest in your heart in an uncomplicated way, not needing to tell or know the whole story of their difficulty, but just feeling with them human being to human being. Every life has its struggles. Using the steadiness of the phrases to help you maintain this connection. Noticing the push and pull in the mind, leaning into, leaning forward or pulling away. Not judging that, making a problem, but just with a breath with some softness or opening, being willing to come back into connection with this intention of compassion. May your suffering be eased. I care about your difficulties. Trusting your intuition as you go through this process. But maintaining continuity of the phrases of the connection with the person, being willing to start again if you find you get lost or confused or reactive. Go back to what's simple. This is always the instruction in the Brahma-vihara practice. What helps you stay connected and open with this tender heart of compassion? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.